You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks, we are back. And basically, another movie review this week. It's coming left and right, folks. Get used to it, because, you know, this is the beginning of summer movie season. And Mike and Mike are here. Howdy, sir. Howdy. You ready for another movie to talk about? Yeah, we're going to go through hell for this one. Oh, and back. In some ways, I felt like I paid with my soul for this one. Right. So it was interesting to talk all about Hellboy. That's right. The reboot is here. And we got a brand new actor playing the title character. We got a whole new story based off of the comics. Should be very interesting. We got a great crew to talk all about it. But of course, we want to hear from you at home. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. We got a lot to talk about this week. And before we do, though, we want to give a special thank you to our patrons. Thank you. Thank you for everyone out there supporting us, for coming to us, you know, you know, and helping us out monthly. And it's, we've been growing. We've been getting some new folks out there and we do appreciate it. And, you know, as we grow, as we, you know, get more content for you guys, we will also be giving you other gifts. And, you know, for as little as 25 cents a week, you can also help support the ESO network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Pretty decent folks. All right, let's get started with this week's Rants and Raves. And I think a little thing happened up in Chicago this last week. Right, Mikey? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it it happened in Chicago and the ripples were heard around the world, around the universe. And in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Exactly. I mean... Look, I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening right now. I mean, we're on the verge of seeing Endgame in a few weeks. Uh, Game of Thrones premiered this weekend, the final season of that. Uh, We just came off of WrestleMania. Lots of, like, stuff happening, coming at us from all different angles. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, Lucasfilm, Disney, uh, you know, says, hey, um, I've got got something coming out a little bit. don't forget. And uh, we get a teaser, we get a title, we get uh, a little bit of a poster. Um, I don't think it's a final poster yet, but uh, we get our first look at, uh, it is a teaser. Um, And of course, you know, I mean, look, um, I'm not a big, huge uh, watcher of trailers, as certainly not as I used to be. Um, I um, I, I just don't. But here's the thing about Star Wars in particular. A, it's Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not going to miss out on this stuff. I'm just not going to, you know. I could say, oh, I'm not going to, I don't need to watch it. But if they release a trailer, I'm going to watch it. Um, and the other thing is, say what you will about the movies. But Star Wars, they always make amazing trailers. That teaser 
never fails to excite. To tease? Uh, Would you the, say? Exactly. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, it gives you a series of images that, you know, now here's the danger, especially with Star Wars. The danger is, is that it gives a, a lot of people a lot of images, a lot of then, and we've already seen it happen. Now everybody goes in and starts theorizing. Oh my God, this means this, and this means that, and this means this, and this means that. Then the movie will come out later, and then people will be disappointed when their ideas didn't come to fruition in a lot of ways. Um, uh, This is a very interesting time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, uh, And so the, the Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, is the name of the uh, ninth movie in the Star Wars franchise. Um, it's actually the ninth movie of the Skywalker saga, we'll call it, because obviously there's other movies uh, that have been released. So uh, this is episode nine, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. First off, Mike, what do you think? When you saw the title, What? Wh- how did you feel about the title? Huh? <laughs> That's what I felt about it. I was like, well... You know, it kind of goes, though, with how the last movie ended, you know, and where everyone was saying Skywalker, Skywalker, you know, at the end, you know, the kids and, you know, giving hope across the galaxy. And I think they're going to be going off of that theme, truthfully. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, so yeah, exactly what that means. Uh, I mean, everybody, like I said, uh, and their uncles are theorizing and putting it out there, uh, saying that they know that this must be the case. Um, and then we get, like I said, we get images, uh, we get images and music and everything put together. I mean, obviously it's, uh, putting, um, and a surprise, we get images, we get a lot of like feel good stuff. We get, you know, Leia's theme. We see Carrie Fisher, um, it's that's an emotional tap. Uh, we see Billy Dee Williams. That's an emotional, uh, cue. Um, and so, yeah, we've seen the new people. Um, look, I think no matter what's happening right now with star Wars, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Ray is, is the star uh, is the main attraction. Um, and I don't mean that in a sexist way. I mean, she's cute and all, but I mean, she is like, she is the center of, of this French, of this like trilogy. And so for the trailer, the teaser to open on her, I think was just a smart move. And, you know, I'm like, as soon as, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in. Like, <laughs> just look, yeah, this is, this is like, you know, it, it's a game of what? Like, it's just hard to, you know, concentrate on anything else. Oh, agreed. Exactly. And there were some great little clicks in this. And this especially the scene with Ray hugging Leah. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was heartbreaking. And I'm very curious to see how they do this and how they tie it all together. But, you know, I think she's going to be great in this. I like the character of Ray. I've liked her since the first time we saw her in the, you know, episode seven. And I'm just hoping, you know, this will complete her journey and, you know, she'll either become a full Jedi or whatever her destiny is to be. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what JJ Abrams can pull off. 
Yeah, the uh Yeah, the the, <laughs> the the title, The Rise of Skywalker, the opening shot, uh the opening I think ten, you know, ten, fifteen seconds of this are all Ray, you know, leads and then you hear Luke's voice, right? So you hear Luke's voice. Uh he's the one who's narrating this teaser. So you've got a lot of imagery. Um, people who are no longer with us, um, characters that are no longer with us. Um, it seems to all be all about, uh, bringing people back. And then of course the, the teaser ends with a very, very familiar laugh. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that actually sent chills through my veins hearing that because I recognized it right away and it was just like, what? It's like, where did that come from? And it was just like, wait a minute, he's dead. How can that be? Well, Luke's dead, but he's narrating the trailer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be. I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to hold back on you know getting too invested in any particular theory, uh, just because I, I just you know see the folly in it. It's like, I just want them, the story to play out. So we'll see how it goes when it plays out. Um, but the images, there wasn't anything in the imagery that I saw that was like, yeah, that, that's a bad move. Um, uh, ex well, I will make one exception to that. It's not that it's a bad move, but they're, the first time in the teaser that we see Kylo, he is... Uh, in the woods and he has his saber out and he comes upon his opponent and he body slams him uh, <laughs> or choke slams him rather to the, the ground. And I'm like, why doesn't he just cut him in half? I mean, he's got a saber. Why put him through the effort? Just zip and move on. So I don't because know. Because it doesn't look so cool. That's why. Well, maybe he's not killing people. That could be another thing. Who knows, right? Am I, you know, but that's where you put too much thought into these things. Right? Exactly. But it was exactly. also awesome to see Lando behind the wheel of the Millennium Falcon sure, again. Sure. Yep. And it's well, like, you know, he said uh, he said he'd have it over Han's dead body. <laughs> I saw that meme too, my friend. I saw <laughs> that also. Uh, we've got a very striking image of what looks like uh, a Death Star gun. Um, Again. Again, Again, right. Well, I don't know. It doesn't look functional. I don't know whether they're building it or if it crashed there or something. I don't know. I, I don't know what this means. But Gee, rip off uh, of episode six. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, who who knows what they're, what they're doing. But I think, uh, I think a lot of the imagery look great. Uh, you know, certainly all the characters that uh, you love are, are there. Uh, even, you know, Chewbacca. And uh, 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 the droids. And it looks like we've got a new droid. Yep, a little flashlight on wheels. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to make of that, really. Yeah. You also saw Ray. You also saw, you got to see a couple of the other characters, which are pretty cool. And, you know, I'm very much looking forward to seeing, you know, what they do with these characters. Because Finn, you know, had an interesting storyline going on in the last one. And, you know, I don't think we'll, you know, I don't think we'll see Phasma anymore. I hope she's gone. Mm. 
you know, unless she's the... think, did, did Rose make the trailer? I saw Rose real briefly. Okay. I so, couldn't remember if she was in it or not. Yeah. Uh, there's a shot of someone holding a medal. Is that the medal from the Death Star? That I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not as... See, yeah, they got to take away my geek card because I, I don't remember that. So. Well, uh, I'm sure some, some of our listeners are like, come on, Mike, you should know that. I should know that. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, Mike, you should know that. Yeah, Mike. Uh, yeah. Mike's, you should know that. Exactly. See, they'll make it plural. They'll blame both of us. Well, they do anyway, so it's okay. Uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, I you know I I I don't know. I, um, well, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited, and uh, we will uh, see. Um, we will see it. You know, I mean, obviously they're going to release more uh, as it gets closer. But you know, I'm. I'm just going to let this sink in. You know, it's almost like having really good times with friends and smoking a cigarette after. That's what I felt like. (laughs) I'm keeping this PG 13 folks. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice teaser. It does exactly what it's supposed to do, uh, which is get us excited. I have a lot of people excited, you know, a week before that, nobody was talking about star Wars. Now everybody's talking about star. Wars. Well, you also had some other great star Wars previews, put out there and some other star Wars news. So good you, point. Good you, point. You got to see some really cool um, shots of the new Mandalorian series more than you were expecting actually. And so we got to see some of that. We also got to see the trailer of the final season of clone wars, which is actually pretty cool. So, you know, so you got some pretty decent stuff coming out folks. Yeah. And they, there's some stuff uh, with a, I think with a, um, that were video game related, they released as well. Mm-hmm. EA Games is putting out a new uh, Jedi game. So yes. looks really interesting to see. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited in the world of Star Wars, but, you know, Celebration usually brings that out. The other news that they did announce that after episode nine, they are going to put the main franchise on hold for a bit. Oh, sure. And which totally makes sense since this is the last chapter of the Skywalker saga. So was what they're calling it. And, you know, basically this is nine films dealing with the Skywalkers. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much time is taking time off. Is it going to be a year or two? Is it going to be five years, 10 years? You know, let's wait and see. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, look, I mean, the Star Wars franchise isn't going anywhere. So, no, no, Disney has its claws in it, and pretty much they're going to be milking it for all it's worth over the next 200 years. Yeah. So, so settle in, folks. Mm -hmm. Get used to it, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, um, very cool. Well, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, there's going to be so much more to talk about. And, uh, you know, next week, is it next week? Is it next week's summer movie preview, right? Yes, so, sir. Summer movie preview starts next week. So we're, uh, we're going to be knee deep in it, man. I know. We should have actually had this episode of the summer movie preview started back in March, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't think a lot of things would have changed, though. No, not at all, but. You know, we could have then talked about Shazam and Captain Marvel and Hellboy and like we're doing tonight. And, we know. already talked about those, so we I, haven't missed a beat. 
nope, we haven't, but we've been, you know, in our picks. We're on it. So it's going to be fun to do. So we got a lot of, you know, ch- chatting to do, and we got our usual crew with us, and we're going to just have a lot of fun talking all about the summer movies. And, you know, I can't believe it's already here. So Endgame is literally right around the corner. Yeah, just like just like winter. It's coming. Exactly. Well, you know, we don't want to spoil that. So maybe in the next few weeks, we'll talk a little bit more about Game of Thrones. So it should be a lot of fun. But yeah, the opening episode. Whew, thumbs up for me there, folks. Me too. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment, and we're going to be talking to some misbehaving mavens. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. We don't have a lot of big movies coming out in theaters this weekend. Um, I'm anticipating that Shazam and Hellboy will probably be fairly strong holdovers at least until we get to a certain little film called Avengers Endgame coming up at the end of the month so it's nice that we still have a little bit of a wait before Endgame give some of these other movies a chance to get some attention we do have a new movie in theaters this weekend which is a new Disney nature film called Penguins and um, I don't know that I've actually seen any of these, but I've heard good things about these live-action nature documentaries. And this one follows one penguin who they've apparently named Steve, which is absolutely adorable, who is looking to build a nest and have a family. So this sounds super wholesome and sweet, kind of a nice one to take the kids to if you're looking for something fun to do this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if this played fairly well with the family crowd. On DVD this coming week, we have the superhero thriller Glass, which is, of course, a follow-up to Unbreakable and Split. Haven't seen any of those movies, actually, so now might be a good time to do a little movie marathon. And then also on DVD, we have The Kid Who Would Be King, which is about an ordinary boy who goes on an adventure after finding the magical sword in the stone Excalibur. This is another one I didn't make it to see in the theaters, but I actually heard some good reviews about it, so I'm looking forward to checking it out as a rental. And that's it for this week. Hopefully you've already got your Avengers in-game tickets and are getting hyped for that. In the meantime, if you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog, boxofficebuzzab.wordpress.com. In a world where podcasters talk about the same old pop culture topics, two heroes must rise to bring forth a new era of podcast entertainment. The Cigar Nerds Podcast. Movie reviews, pop culture debates, news, science, and even beer reviews. We're stranger than stranger things and funnier than an evil sewer clown. CigarNerdPodcast.com We all smoke down here, Georgie. I used to work in London town in a merchant store. I thought I did. A pretty good job, but I don't work there anymore. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm. I used to work in London town in a merchant store. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Air Station One podcast. Now we are here with our friends, the Misbehaving Mavens. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. Howdy. Yes, welcome back to the station. What's what's happening with y'all since we've talked to you last? I don't know. It's been really, really quiet. Not much going on at all. Just very dull. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. 
We have yeah. nothing to report. Yeah, nothing at it. all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just launched a Kickstarter for our third album, Swearing is Caring. It launched on April 11th, and then it went boom. Uh, there are just <laughs> so many people backed us right away. We're truly blown away how, how incredibly... Uh, huge it's become in a very short time. Very exciting. Is this your uh, the first one that you've done this way? or uh, No, it's actually our third Kickstarter. Each of our albums we have uh, launched via Kickstarter, but it, it's the first one that got as big as it did as quickly as it did. Our first Kickstarter made about $7,600 total for 28-day campaign. The second one made $10,700 for the entire campaign. And now the third one is well past $13,000 as we're doing this interview. And we're only a few days into it. So um, it far exceeded our expectations right out of the gate. Well, like by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> on that. So, so, um, well, so many questions, but let's, let's, let's talk about the new album. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, like it's yeah. just, it's the biggest project that we've ever under, that we've undertaken at this time as a band. Um, it's, it's got 13 tracks on it, which is the most music we've ever full, full songs. We, we had 13 tracks on the last album, but one was kind of like a bonus thing. You know, it was, it was like a really short uh, PSA. And on this one, there are 13 full songs. Um, one of the things that I'm really proud about is, is that uh, there are only two covers on this album. Usually we've had, you know, closer to like four, five covers. So it's always been a really big chunk of the album has been other people's music. And in this case, uh, almost everything is original or a parody. So I'm really, really excited about that. We've really come into our own as far as like creating the content that we want to see in the world. And that's what this album is all about. That's pretty awesome because, yeah, that was going to be my next question because I helped support the first two albums. And, you know, of course, I helped the third one. And as and I did it as ESO because I wanted to show you that the love that we give to you guys. Aw, thank you. And, and he can write it off on his taxes. <laughs> Ixnay on that Mike Gay. Yeah. <laughs> That's timely humor for the day we're recording this. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And when you guys posted that you guys hit 10,000 within one day, it was just like, wow. <laughs> it was just flooring to me. Yeah. No one was more wow than we were, let me assure you. Uh, we uh, we did a launch kickoff live stream where we were just watching watching the early returns, kind of like an election night. And we were all just clustered around the computer and watching these numbers spin and spin and spin. And it kind of didn't stop. We were just like, we were like, ah, oh, you know, wouldn't it be fun if we do a shot every thousand dollars we get? And that proved to be a terrible idea because within three hours, we were past $6,000. So we're like, well, that's six shots right there. Um, but but we had a lot of fun and it was a good time. Um, we were, we were, it was yes. bad. It was bad in such a maiden's way, you know, really. Um, it was bad in like a, you know, our usual con shenanigans. <laughs> it was kind of bad way. in the best way. That was pretty awesome, but I'm not surprised because I saw your performances <laughs> this last year at Dragon Con and you guys had standing room only. They had to leave people outside the door that they couldn't get anyone into the room because you guys were, you know, just so popular. And so this is just passing that on and showing, you know, you guys are just growing in popularity. 
Yeah, I mean, even Dragon Con was kind of a surprise to us. We were we were hopeful, right, that we would have big crowds at Dragon Con. The, the first time we performed at Dragon Con back in 2015, we kind of had standing room only uh, at the, we were out in, on one of the convention floor stages. So we weren't in a room or anything with seating. So people were just packed in there on the floor and standing around and they actually had to get the fire marshal to like clear a path, right? Because it was, they were like, you can't, you can't do this. You can't have people standing in walkways to listen to your music. And it was late at night and it was, we, so we were kind of, we were hopeful that we would receive yeah. <laughs> somewhat of a same response. And it was, it was like tenfold. Uh, when we went back to Dragon Con this year, we were just absolutely floored. Um, we we actually convinced them to put us in a bigger space because the first concert they had to turn away so many people from this from the smaller room that we were performing in that we were like, hey, nothing is happening across the hall in that much bigger room. How about you put us over there? <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah, I yeah. was. I ran into my friend Amber, who helps run the folk track. Oh, we yeah, love Amber. Love Amber. And she was like, you know, I came to the door, and she said she was like looking at me, and she looked at me, and she said, "Can you believe this?" And I was like, "It's like I was impressed because <laughs> I was just like floored to see, and you guys put on a great, great performance." Thank you. We had so much fun. I, that was my first Dragon Con too, because when we performed at tw- in 2015, I was like hospital sick and couldn't make it, unfortunately. Thank you. Um, I got better. I got better, as they say, Monty Python. Um, She's yeah, much but, better now. Annie has the bad habit of losing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, much better now. Annie has the bad habit of losing an organ every time we make it to dragon yeah Con, seriously so. like i just had my gallbladder <laughs> out when we were invited to the first one and then this year i had a hysterectomy right beforehand and when we got invited like right around the surgery each time and this year i said look guys i can't stop sacrificing organs so we can go to dragon con i just i only have so many <laughs> <laughs> I actually distinctly remember we had been told we weren't going to go to Dragon Con as a house band. So we thought we weren't going to make it in this past year. And it was actually the day you went in for your surgery when they contacted us that we were going to get to be on the filk track because we told uh, your partner to tell you when you woke up from surgery and I was still anesthetized when I got (laughs) got this. Like, and I think if I remember correctly through my fuzzy brain, my first thought was, oh God, we have so much work to do. (laughs) I believe that because he took video for us and you can see he tells you and you're, you don't say anything. You don't do anything. Your eyes just like double in size (laughs) looking at him. That was your only reaction. (laughs) Yeah, but we were very, very <laughs> thankful to be there, and I was thankful to experience my first Dragon Con. It was great. It was overwhelming. My Lord, is it hot. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't even that bad this year compared to past years. Yeah. Don't tell me that. <laughs> it, it's not the heat. It's the humidity. Yeah, that's it. It's not the pe- heat. It's the 80,000 people. <laughs> 80,000 of your best friends. Remember uh-huh. that. It's true. That's true. That's true. But we do have a whole song on the new album about Dragon Con too. If one of yes, one of you do. ladies wants to talk about it, well, I mean it's Flint's song, so it's like uh, it's really Flint's baby. It was you know we wrote a couple of songs really quickly for Dragon Con, but Flint really put a lot of work into this one, and it's it's all about traveling to Dragon Con and what that entails, and then like traveling home from Dragon Con and um, and uh, 
it's just a really sweet uh, parody that's full of a lot of swearing um, because that process is difficult when you have uh, a group as large as ours and you're going 12,000 miles total uh, to get to the event. Um, so the song's all about that. And it's really 1,200 miles. It feels like 12,000. Yeah, you know, miles. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's Dragon Con Australia you're talking about, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I was talking about now. Yeah. Sorry. So 1200 miles. And that's uh and one of the things is like on the album is we actually were able to um add violin to that song. So that's not something that we unfortunately can do on our live shows really um yet, uh but we we do have the the violin on the album so it's really beautiful sounding um and I, I really hope that dragon con fans even if they didn't see us perform at dragon con this past year will love the song as as and feel the love coming from the song for them <laughs> that is awesome are you guys going to try coming back again this year or are you taking like doing like an every other year type thing Oh no, we applied. We definitely have applied. Uh, we know that the film track <laughs> wants us. It's just sort of out of our hands at this time. Um, we, you will be some of the first people to know. We'll definitely let you know if we're going to be back. Um, and one of the reasons that we actually made this album was because of Dragon Con. We had such a blast and we had, we were so successful as far as like our shows and everything. Um, I got nervous about, I was like, man, if we go back to Dragon Con and we don't have a new album, people are going to be so like, well, where's the new music? I want to hear all these. I want to be able to take all these brand new songs home with me kind of thing. Because um, we even had brand new songs that we performed at Dragon Con in 2018 that weren't on our albums, right? And people were like, oh, I need Bibliophilia. I need the Slytherin song. I need, I need, I need. And we were like, crap. Um, so, yeah. So I was like, we really need to make a new album specifically so that if we go back to Dragon Con, <laughs> we have the music for them. <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. And that's awesome. So how can people find your new CD in the Kickstarter so, to help support you guys? Bruce, you want to take this one as our, like our money person and everything? <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so right now we have a link to our Kickstarter on our website, which is www.misbehavenmaidens.com. Uh, no G insert your own G-spot joke there. But um bum And but if you go to misbehavenmaidens.com slash Kickstarter, that'll actually send you straight to the campaign, which is going to be the quickest, easiest way to back since uh, there's a whole bunch of options as far as getting a digital version of the album when it's available, the physical copy of the album, and especially if it's someone who's not going to be able to catch us at one of our local shows, that is the way to get a physical copy of the CD. Um, otherwise after, if you miss the chance to back us through Kickstarter, um, you're just going to have to come find us at one of our shows or, uh, all of our music. We always put on, um, digital platforms once we have it available. Awesome. And, you know, I know you guys are based out of the DC area. Where are you guys performing, you know, this spring? Uh, okay. Well, Annie, would you like to talk about our <laughs> yeah, shows? We have a better handle on that. Sure. Uh, so we have some local gigs uh, scheduled. We just did a live show this uh, on April uh, 13th that we uh, recorded in live stream. So people can check that out and hear actually all the songs from the new album were performed. So you can get a sneak peek at all the album songs. Um, 
and that is available on our YouTube channel. But in terms of live shows, the one we're most looking forward to, I think, is MistyCon in July in New York is where we will be performing. It's a Harry Potter uh, kind of role-playing convention. Am I getting that right, Sarah? Yeah, it's it's very interactive. Like, you don't have to be in character the whole time you're there, but they encourage you if you want to be in character. There's, like, a storyline, and you can, like, go on quests and missions um, and things like that. So I think that's really cool. It's very interactive. It's very intimate. It's, it's, it's a smaller con, but they keep it small on purpose so that they can make everybody feel included into the story. Um, and they asked us to do the 18 plus programming for them this year. And we're very excited to go up there and do that. That is awesome. And, you know, it's always just great. And their shows, if you get a chance to see these ladies live, it's well worth it. It truly, truly is. But, you know, we want you guys to help support their Kickstarter. And, you know, there's they're past their initial goal, but they've got bonus goals and new things that they're trying to get out, including a coloring book of all things correct yes <laughs> saber is super excited about, like we're all excited about the coloring book but i think saber is most excited of us all i i thought of the coloring book during our last kickstarter i was like why are we not making a coloring book because, because adult coloring books especially coloring you know that have more detail or that have like swearing or dirty things and then we're really coming into vogue like two three years ago we were seeing a bunch of them hit the market and i was like why did I not think of this sooner? But it was too late. It was too late in our planning process to add it. So I had had an artist in mind for like two, three years to do this for us. And then they ended up also being able to design our cover album of the album and like the album art and uh, the pin and the t-shirt. And and they, and they were really fantastic. And that's Russell of um, Colorful Language. Um, he makes his own coloring books and designs that are like full of filthy language and like beautiful mandalas made out of like adult sex toys and things like that. Uh, so if you like that type of thing, you will one love our coloring book, but you should also check out colorful language on Facebook. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That is definitely awesome. Well, ladies, congratulations. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you. Thanks so Absolutely. much. Yeah. Oh, it, they, they always like think they always say like it should get easier, but I know that uh, from talking to a lot of other uh, folks that uh, every time you do a new Kickstarter, it's still just as as you still freak out about it just as much as you did the first one. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we had illusions of like, well, we can make this one easier because we actually had a little bit of money saved up and were able to pay for the recording of the album ourselves, just not the rewards and the distribution and printing the CDs and the final bits of mixing and mastering and all of that, um, which is mainly what the Kickstarter is helping to fund. But, you know, we were like, oh, well, maybe this time we'll just do it kind of as a simple pre-order. No, no, we go big or go home. Yeah. And we, we definitely went big <laughs> on this one. And, uh, and we are really glad that we did because people are really excited and we are too. Yep. yep. And we are too. I do. I do mention, Annie, you should, uh, can, can we talk about two other shows that we're having in May though with the double click? Right. Oh my gosh. That's what you yes. were teeing yep. up before. And I totally missed because I was like, oh, I'm thinking convention <laughs> gigs. Yes, we are opening for the double clicks in May. We will be opening for them at uh, Joe Squared Pizza in Baltimore on May 16th. And then at Jam and Java on May 18th in Vienna, Virginia. And we are just 
thrilled to pieces. It's going to be so fun, but they will be, uh, we're opening. So it's going to be a shorter um, show for us. We'll be singing for about half an hour before the double click sing. And we are keeping it PG rated. So for fans who really want to come see our shows, but have uh, childcare issues or want to bring their kids along. And most of our shows are not really appropriate for children. This is a rare opportunity. You can hear us being very family friendly for a short time. Very short. <laughs> Half hour is pretty much our uh, our limit on that. <laughs> we can only do so much. <laughs> A half hour is about our limit, and and uh, we do this because we love the double clicks. Yeah, after a half hour, the swear words come out and the more adult stuff. Yeah. We'll basically be excusing ourselves to the parking lot to curse for like five solid minutes just to get it out of our system and then come back in and we'll be fine. Basically, basically. And then it's like, give me a damn pizza. All right. Yeah. Yes, just give me a pizza. Leave me alone. <laughs> Where's the booze? Where's the booze? <laughs> exactly. That is awesome. Rouge, Annie, and Saber, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Thanks a lot. If I can, if I can also give some love to, we've got our friends, the PDX Broadsides are launching a Kickstarter in a couple of weeks and people should also go support them too, because they are amazing and we love them dearly. Yeah, we actually cover one of their songs on our We do indeed. We'll we'll have the link to that then up in our show notes also. So our ESO folks out there can definitely help support them too. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, thank you guys so, so much and good luck on everything. And let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. And we are reviewing Hellboy. You and I are kind of like Romeo and Juliet. And that I'm romantic and sweet and you're an immature loser with friends who are unreasonably violent. You and I are kind of like Ron and Hermione. And that I'm super smart, I'm good with my wand, and you keep a murderer as a pet. In these stories we want to know, will they or won't they? But with us, I know the answer, we won't. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right, we're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret, all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. off the coast of Scotland. Something was summoned from the depths of hell. Something that would end mankind. And this uh, thing you worried about, did it show up? Oh, yes. You did. We face every threat there is. And yet, you take me in. Hello, son. Made me a goddamn weapon. Where's my violin? Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Out there, there's a fifth century sorceress who wants to bring down the curtain on London and the world. Great. 
homework. Why do you fight for those who hate and fear you? You were meant for this. Out of the ashes, new Eden will emerge. Okay, I'd appreciate a prophecy with more relatable stakes. Haven't we got to be saving the world or something? Yeah, okay, come on. Let's get your game face on. Yeah, come on, let's do this. I'm a Capricorn and you're f nuts! Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earth Station One podcast. Now it's time for our movie segment and we are looking at Hellboy this week. Take it away, Mikey. Yes, the reboot of the Hellboy franchise uh, made its debut this weekend. We've got some folks to talk about it. Of course, Mike and Mike, uh, we are both here. Um, your lovely host for this segment, as well as the return of former host, the award-winning author Bobby Nash. Hi, guys. How you doing, sir? You let him out of the airlock. Come on. I know, right? <laughs> Exactly. It's like it. Well, much like Hellboy himself, you know, when you need a, a heavy hand, uh, we, we, we bring in the big gun. <laughs> they reboot Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that would be scary. That would be very scary. I, I don't know what, uh, I don't even want to think more about that. So anyway, you doing all right, sir? You been all right? Much better. Much better. Yes. I, uh, I can, I can talk again. I know I was, I was supposed to be on with you guys a couple of weeks ago and, uh, the darn the darn pollen monster got me and I couldn't talk. So I have a voice again. So good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, it's that season. It's oh, that yeah. season. Uh we also have with us for the first time uh joining us on Earth Station One is Brett Allen. Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. This will be a lot of fun. I'm I have a lot of opinions about this movie, so I feel like I'm in good and safe company. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yeah. That that, that we w- we welcome those opinions to be sure. Uh, for those people who might not be familiar with you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I have a podcast that I run called the Open Mic Podcast. I actually have two shows, and I can talk about that later. But I've been podcasting for a little over a year, and uh, it's kind of a pop culture show as well. A little bit different, but. I'm excited to be here. I, I was on one of your sister podcasts, I guess you would call it, a few days ago. So I'm excited to be with you guys as well. This will be a lot of fun for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we like to start off uh, with all of our you know, movie reviews or any subject we talk about to find out a little, a little bit about what our guest's history is with the character and with the franchise. Uh, so uh, we'll start with you, Brett. What is your uh, sort of relation with uh, Hellboy? Have, what's your experience with him, the comics or the, the cartoons, the, 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 the past movies? Or is this your first encounter with the, the guy? Well, I'm familiar with the past movies, uh, the ones with Ron Perlman. And I, I never actually read the comics, so I can't say that. But 
I had seen a couple of the cartoons like previously, but I, I've watched, I watched the two original films and I really liked them. And so when I heard about this one, I was kind of curious and surprised, I, I guess you could say at the same time <laughs> that they were doing it again. And so I, I kind of did my diligence and went on to Google and just started learning as much as I could. Uh, about what this was about so yeah the movies definitely i've seen all of them uh and uh, i i think this one was definitely interesting for sure cool yeah we're gonna get all into it so um so bobby what about you what's your what's your history with hellboy uh, i i i came in with the comics i was right there from the beginning with the comics um i was familiar with uh mike mignola's work uh, Can you and, believe that was 25 years ago? I'm, Over 25 years ago. That makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. But it's, yes, it's, it's insane. Um, but I was I was familiar with Mike Mignola's work on other properties. You know, he had done some work for Marvel and DC. Uh, most notably, uh, probably known for Gotham by Gaslight or um, Cosmic Odyssey. Both of which are fantastic uh, series, miniseries. Um, so I knew him and then, uh, John Byrne was, uh, scripting the first, uh, mini series. And of course I was familiar with his work as well. And I picked it up and I was just astounded by this character. This was such a, a I guess at the time it was such a breath of fresh air. There was, there was no other <laughs> character similar to what Hellboy was. And so it was something new and it was something that, that, you know, was, you know, when you're, when you're looking, when you're reading comics, especially if you read a lot of comics, when something comes out that's fresh and original, it does, it really grabs you. And I think that, that was kind of Hellboy for me. It, it just kind of grabbed me at the right time. And of course I've seen the other movies and the, the animated movies and et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. I, uh, I, that's a, that's a good point because I was right there as well. Um, and that, uh, I remember getting the first miniseries. I was a Mignola fan, uh, from some of his other projects as well. And usually when an artist, uh, because Mike hadn't done a lot of writing by then. So usually when an artist goes and does his own thing, it's, you're, you think it's going to be kind of a knockoff of something that he'd been working on, right? right? Or some sort of combination or like, oh, I was on Batman for years and if only I'd been able to do this. So let me create like a Batman-like character or whatever. Um, but Hellboy was so unique and so, uh, I mean, talk about like using Mike to his strength as far as creating atmosphere and and all that, that it was just, you're right. It was like, it was a huge, huge, uh, introduction and, uh, uh, really, really love that sort of thing. So yeah, I was a fan for a while. I followed Hellboy and BPRD in the comics for a few years until, uh, I just, um, I couldn't, I I had to make some cuts. So I, 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 unfortunately, and it, and it wasn't coming out all the time. So Uh, it was one of those things where it's like it was not coming out and and I was cutting. And then by the time it came back, it was kind of like too late for me to get on board. And and so all this stuff. So I've been playing catch up with the comics um, uh, over the years. But uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever read a bad Hellboy book. I mean, they've all been really solid. Yeah. What about, well, now, what about you, Mike? I was about with you guys, too. I was probably, you know, I. I caught him in next men 
with the yeah. original. And then I saw, read the first couple issues because that's back when I had my comic shop. And so we had ordered them. And, you know, as they came in, I was reading them and it was, it was a lot of fun. And I liked the character, but it didn't hold enough of my interest to, you know, follow him, you know, over the years and such until the movie came out. And that's when my interest peaked again. And I started picking up the trades and just was loving them and enjoying them. And I liked the first movie and the second movie was okay. And, you know, I saw some of the animated stuff they did and enjoyed that. And then I started really digging when they did the Lobster Johnson miniseries and enjoyed a lot of that. So that was my history mostly with it. I'm, I'm curious okay. as, as, as having a comic shop at the time when they started as, as a com as owning a comic shop, was, did it seem like a, something you had to really sell to customers or was enough to, because it was very different. It was a completely different. It was a completely different kind of art style. It was a different kind of look and feel and storytelling, but that's why I had read it, you know? And so I was selling it and I, you know, told my different employees, read this, tell, try to sell it. And it became for a while, it was up there, um, with Sandman and such, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with us trying to push it and Swamp Thing, and you know, we were trying to if we saw somebody was picking up Hellblazer or Swamp Thing or something, and we said, "Hey, have you read, you know, Hellboy?" And they were like, "What's that?" And we would, you know, throw here, take this, we'll get, sell it to you for fifty percent off the cover, you know, to try out the first issue type thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And most of the time, they came up and added it to their subscription list. Yeah, because it was, it came out at a time when when we were starting to get more of these creator owned books that were adult in nature, adult adult, adult storytelling. Well, we also um, had we had Spawn right, right at the same time. Yeah, Spawn and uh, uh, certainly uh, Sin City was going strong at this time, and so, yeah, we were getting stuff like this, and so it was a nice. It, it, at the time, I remember it being a nice segue into, you know, as much as I was still enjoying superhero books, I was looking for other things. And this this just, with my age and author, right, it just happened to be at the right time that these more adult books by creators that I already knew came out. And I was able to kind of slide over into these these new kind of books that way. Hmm. The and I think the thing about the the books in particular was that when they announced, you know, the first movie, um, it was like, okay, how are they going to pull this off? Yeah. Because uh, Magnolia's art style is so unique that it was going to be like, is how's this going to work at all? And you know, two thousand four, Guillermo del Toro, who you know we kind of knew a little bit about now, he's you know, now it's like, I mean, this is one of the movies that put him really uh, uh, on the map. Um, but um, Ron Perlman seemed like the perfect choice. Mm-hmm. That movie uh, spawned a sequel, which did okay. There was rumors about a third one, and then it just, that never happened. Uh, and then it kind of, that the movie franchise died. So I, you know, when I had originally heard that they were doing a reboot, I guess you would call it, or a retelling, I was kind of surprised because I, I said I earlier I went on to Google and 
I started looking around and trying to figure out why Ron Perlman wasn't doing it. And I, I don't think I ever found anything that specifically said why. I don't know if they couldn't just agree on a script or they didn't approach him or it was created differences. I, I, honestly, I was a little bit bummed, a little bit bummed out about I, that. I believe it has more to do with Guillermo del Toro's schedule. Okay. Well, it has to do with Guillermo del Toro. He, for some reason, the third one, they were not willing to give him complete control. And Guillermo said, no, nah, thanks, but no thanks. And because he said no, then almost everybody in the cast fell apart. Like after, Certainly Ron Perlman, who's a good friend of Tor- del Toro's, sure. he, it was a no for him. And then the rest just fell apart. And to be honest, the, the, the studio, like even though the movies were um, – pretty acclaimed to some degree mm-hmm. uh the, they weren't real big huge hits no not so, so yeah so so uh so yeah so we get news that there's going to be a new one uh david harbour who's coming fresh off the success of stranger things is announced to be hellboy and for a lot of people who you know who see ron perlman as hellboy um this was a shock in a lot of ways and and a lot of people myself i thought "Mm, i think actually david's a good choice Mm -hmm. um when it was cast and some of the things the the anticipation for the movie to his release what what were your thoughts brett what what were your thoughts about that well (laughs) i kind of have a lot of opinions about reboots and movies and (laughs) i could I, i was on gerald's show uh, pop culture cosmos and then i had him on my show and mm-hmm. we kind of went on and on about the whole thing so i was kind of surprised you know I, I i was really i don't know how i felt i was like huh this is interesting um i had seen david i i, I know selma blair personally i went to uh some classes with her in new mexico when she was working on a film so i i kind of have a bias anyway about that whole thing but I, I was I was really surprised. I, I kind of felt weird about it. It was kind of like when they said they were doing like another Ghost Rider, but it was still Nicolas Cage. And it really wasn't a reboot, but sort of a retelling. And I already had negative feelings about that whole thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm very opinionated about movies. So I, when I found out they were doing the Hellboy, I don't know. I was just kind of like, this is weird. I don't understand why are doing it i thought the first two were great um you know not being super familiar with the source material but knowing about the story and the character just kind of with comic lore and film lore so i don't know i i I, when i saw it and i walked out of the theater i was just kind of like huh i i don't know maybe it's something that'll grow on me later or probably not (laughs) but I was just like, I kind of felt like it was unnecessary in my personal opinion. Um, I mean, I I definitely think that um, it was kind of maybe what the Ron Perlman could have been or should have been as far as just like, you know, the the type of way that they approached the film. So I'm still kind of in the middle with it. Honestly, it kind of bugs me. But I was like, well, it wasn't a complete and total waste of time. (laughs) <laughs> so. okay so 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 the yeah so the movie was uh yeah so a, mi- a lot of mixed a lot of mixed feelings still going on with the movie right yes absolutely yeah well hopefully we can help you through that i think i'm feeling that as well i mean i just saw it on uh sunday uh so i've been processing it as well and there's some things that i definitely liked a lot 
um, and there's some things that I didn't care for. Um, I will say that overall, my expectations were very low. Sure. Uh, I had the, I had the, this felt to me like the studio was like, oh, damn, we're going to lose the license. We don't want everybody, anybody else to have this. Let's do, let's just shoot out something so that um, we don't lose the, the license to this character. Yeah, I feel that uh, way too. I think and and because everything seemed to happen really fast, like once David Harbor was announced, all of a sudden it was like we're done shooting. I was like, whoa, like that that was really surprising to me. Um, so uh, so that was yeah, and and there's a lot of that in the movie too, where it kind of feels like they could have used a a good a few months to to iron out the script as well as some of the other things. I mm-hmm. think. agreed. Um, so, uh, so Mike, what did you think? What did you think of the, the actual movie or what was your thoughts going in and your overall opinion coming out? Okay. Um, going in was very, very low expectations and I just, I wasn't expecting much. I'm a huge fan of David. I like a lot of the different roles he takes because he takes chances. He doesn't try to play the same role in anything he does. But at the same time, I think, you know, seeing what there was, you know, going based off the stories they were, you know, taking these from, from the comics. I like those stories. Those were great, great stories. I just wish they didn't jumble them all into one big story type thing. Mm -hmm. And I wish they could have done just the one story and then the next movie would have been the second story and the third in the third, but they decided to throw it all together and they had to retell in a blender. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then they had to retell the origin once again. And, you know, it was like when I saw Rasputin and I saw, you know, some of the different characters from the original movies, I was like, Oh, don't tell me they're going to be doing this again. And I was very, very glad they didn't. And I was then happy to, I was thrilled to see Lobster Johnson up there on the big screen finally. And I thought they did that really well, especially with the brand in his hand. And that was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a high point for me as well. Yeah. Um, and, but then walking out of there, I was like, huh, this is going to be interesting to talk about for the podcast. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, uh, Bobby, what about you? What uh, your thoughts going in and coming out? Well, I, I like I said, I am a I am a fan of the books, um, and I am a fan of David Harbor. I, I I've enjoyed David Harbor's other works, um, so I knew him from a few other things. Um, I thought he would. So I I was confident that he would do a good job, just because you know of the uh, the work that I've seen him do previously. I tried to stay away from, outside of tra- the trailer. I really tried to stay away from spoilers. I didn't read too many articles about the movie or anything like that. Occasionally you'd see Mike Mignola post stuff on, uh, you know, his, you know, social media or whatever. But for the most part, I, I tried to stay away from spoilers. So that I had really no expectation of story going in other than what I saw in the trailer. And I was kind of surprised that they were doing right hand of doom stuff again. Cause that was in the last movie too, <laughs> uh, with the crown and the, the, yeah, the long horns and the, um, 
And I so I said, you know, so I went in with with you know really no preconceived notions other than hopefully this is just a kick-ass Hellboy movie. Um, because it was a, because it it was is a reboot. I, I knew we were probably going to get some of the origin again. <clears throat> I'm glad they didn't just do the origin. I'm glad it was just a. Oh, it, it, was a it was a yeah. flashback, a little small part, and we're, we move on. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I agree with what you guys said. It feels like they, it feels like they were when they were writing it, they were like they had like a stack of Hellboy books in front of them. Went, oh, here's a cool scene, and so they wrote that scene. They wrote a whole bunch of cool scenes, and then they were like, yeah, nobody will notice. They're not connected, and they just kind of. Th- <laughs> threw them together. It would have been nice if there was an, a story reason for some of these things to happen. Yep. Like, yep. 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 Just happened to happen. Yeah. It's really like, um, you know, they used to take back in the day, they used to take those uh, like five or six part doctor who serials and jam them into like a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it felt like. It felt like we were watching like binge, like they had made a, a season of the Hellboy TV show <coughs> And then they condensed it into a, like a two a little hour, two hour movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that was unfortunate. Um, but, but like I said, going in, um, there was some like things I liked, like you mentioned, uh, Bobby, that, you know, you just wanted to see a cool kick-ass Hellboy movie. And right from the beginning of this movie, when he's in, you know, he's in Tijuana, you got the luchas and everything like that. And I'm like, Oh, this, and this is really kick ass. Like, I was like, this is, this could be fun. This could be a lot of fun. Uh, so I think it starts off well. And I do want to talk about David Harbour a little bit more. Um, ultimately, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him, but I think uh, if, there, if there's any problem with this movie, it's not on him. Like, no, he, not at all. He, he's excellent. And if he wants to keep on being Hellboy, uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. Right. I hope they cut his hair. <laughs> the long hair on Hellboy just does I, not. I don't, I don't. I don't think that's really his hair. I but no, no, I mean the character. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work for me. For but Hellboy. the thing is, truthfully, when I st- started seeing David, I thought the opening scenes in Tijuana were awesome. I thought it was a great, great, you know, and that felt partly like right out of the comic book in some ways, and I loved seeing that, but. My problem with David Harbour as Hellboy, in all truth, is Ron Perlman. Because uh-huh. I, I, every time I saw him, I expected to see, hear Ron Perlman's voice coming out. And I think that's what partly brought the movie down for me. I wish I hadn't seen the first two movies. But, but, it, but, but don't we have to deal with that anytime we, I mean, as comic fans and, and genre. Well, movies, I, I agree. How many, how many Batmans, how many Spider-Mans? Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. yeah. You know, have we, have we seen, <laughs> but I, sometimes you get somebody who's perfect in the role. And I thought Ron was yeah. perfect as Hellboy. And, and I'd agree. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. And that that's the big strike against it. I, David did a great job, and I agree with what you guys are saying. Anything in this movie, I do not blame him at all. It's it's kind of like when whoever plays whoever voices Batman, we're always you know, well they're not Kevin Conroy, you know, or, <laughs> exactly. or whoever does the Joker, well they're not Mark Hamill, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of the one. I think Ron Perlman put a stamp 
on this character that you know that I we, I don't think we expected that he just really became synonymous with this guy. Okay, so outside of David, um, uh, uh, I'm going to start with you, Brett. What are like what are one or two things that you want to point out that you enjoyed that you liked about this movie? Well, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't know that I could narrow it down to one or two particular things. I, I really like the, uh, if I, I think overall, you know, now that we're talking and I'm kind of able to just digest this a little bit more, I don't know, it was an okay film. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're talking about Ron Perlman being Hellboy or Kevin Conroy being Batman. I think Bruce Greenwood does a great Batman. So I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's okay to to maybe bring somebody else. I don't know that there was a necessity to redoing it, but it was cool. Like I thought the you know the uh, the CGI and and the and the and the way that they filmed it, I thought it was great. I, the whole thing was really cool. You know, I don't think there was really I you know you mentioned the Tijuana scene. I, I kind of thought, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, I wonder what kind of trouble he's going to get into or what what could potentially happen. But I don't know. I think it was all somewhat enjoyable for me for the most part, for sure. Um, other than just, you know, my opinion of, well, why the heck did they have to do this? Uh, to begin right, right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Um, uh, Bobby, any specific scenes or moments that stood out for you? Well, I mean, first of all, you, 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 nobody's ever gone wrong putting Ian McShane in anything. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you know, I, especially if it's R rated. Exactly. You know, certainly. I mean, uh, I thought he and David had good chemistry together. Um, the stuff with Baba Yaga is damn creepy, which is what it should be. Um, you know, so anytime that stuff was there was good. Um, I liked what little, I wish they had taken more advantage of the fact that they filmed in Bulgaria and showed us more Bulgaria. Um, you know, cause there are scenes where we, that, that, that could have been filmed in California for all I knew, but, you know, so they didn't really, I, I don't think they quite took advantage of Bulgaria like they should have. Um, but I, you know, I, just, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to think. I the the girl playing Alice. I thought Alice was good. Um, I love the pig guy. I don't remember the character's name. The pig demon. Um, and so just fun stuff. I, I yeah, I had a good time with the movie. And uh, there were moments I, I'm kind of like Mike, where the Ron Perlman thing was hard to get away from. But um, you know, I you know would try to just go. Oh yeah, it's not that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did feel like it. One of the things that I like about the character of Hellboy through the books, the movies, etc., is that for all of his being the devil and this big, you know, tough ass monster, his personality—he's that guy. He reminds me so much of that cartoon dog that's just ho hum until he goes <laughs> and clops in. Then he's happy to go off and chase the wolf away from the 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 the, the sheep, you know. Um, that he's just a guy that's just like, and I, I, that's like, oh man, I don't want to do this, man. I hate my job. I don't want to, you know, and I, I love that, but I felt they made him just a little too whiny in this one. There were moments where it was just like, I was like, just like, okay, stop whining, man up and go do it. Um, but 
Yeah, fun fun movie. I you know I, but 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 yeah, Ian McShane and uh, it's probably Ian McShane and David Harbour were great. Um, yeah, just fun stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, Mike, any uh, other particular scenes that uh, you want to point out that were amazing or good? Mm, good. That's a tough one. Hold on. <laughs> um, I did like the scene when he met Merlin, and mm-hmm. in the cave. And, you know, he, and he did that to save Alice. And then, you know, when he was offered the sword and I loved when Hellboy said, Hey, that sword looked a lot bigger in the movie, you know, (laughs) or in the cartoon actually. And so it was, there was like cute little one-liners. Um, I did, you know, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, the whole scene when he was fighting the giants was kind of neat. And, you know, I enjoyed that, you know, having that, have him having that giant sword and like trying to figure a way to beat them. And, you know, I just, I thought those were, you know, those kind of scenes. I didn't think much of the bad guy, the villain at all Uh in this was one of the major weak points of this movie. Well, we haven't got the weak points yet, but yeah, but, um, <laughs> stay with good points. They, I'm trying to think of other good points. Uh, that's okay. If you're done, you're done. No, um, no, I'm, I'm thinking. And, you know, there was like some of the little things I did enjoy. I'd liked, you know, I liked the banter between Hellboy and the young lady. I, I thought she was, you know, I thought she was great from the, first- uh, you know, the Alice, yeah, Alice was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I thought um, I like, uh, you know, as I already said, I, I, at the beginning, the first act or the first like teaser, whatever, where he's in Tijuana is just great. I love that. It really has a great uh, feel to it. And uh, and I also, Mike, like you pointed out a little bit earlier, um, the um, uh, scene with Lobster Johnson just thrilled me. I was like, this is awesome. This is this is really cool. I did not expect that. I did not know he was in this movie. And, uh, and that was just really cool to see him there. And then later on, you know, during the, the, the one of the, uh, credit scenes, or whatever. Um, I, a, apart from that, I think everything else was, was some of it was solid to not necessary, but, um, uh, but yes, as, um, and then Bobby, as you pointed out, the stuff with Baba Yaga was creepy. That was probably yeah. the creepiest, the movie guy. Um, very creepy. Um, so, so, all right. So now we'll talk about some things that, uh, didn't pass the mustard for us in this movie. Uh, Brett, was there anything in spe- specific, whether it's performance or scenes that didn't work for you in this movie? Not, not necessarily. You know, I think, to i i can't remember whose point it was just a little bit ago he did seem a little bit complaining and whining to me um i don't know if he was just you know playing to humor or trying to be funny i know that in the original films he was a little bit that way but not as much as this one but you know nothing in particular that that stood out to me that made it uh just completely unbearable to watch i don't think you know what I'm saying? Overall, it was pretty decent for sure, at least from my perspective. Okay. All right. Uh, Bobby, anything specific for uh, a couple things specifically for you that didn't work? I, I wish, uh, I wish the blood queen had been a better, better villain. She did seem a little one note. 
Um, cause Mila Jovovich can play, can play it. So, I mean, it would have been nice to kind of let her off the chain a little, you know? Um, yeah. I think, uh, I'm going to piggyback on that and just yeah. real quick and say that, uh, that, yeah, I think Mila is wasted in this movie. Yeah. There, there were a couple of things that just, that, uh, that, just from storytelling aspect, just threw me and it's, it's minor quibbles. They didn't destroy the movie, but it's one of those things. It's like, weren't you paying attention? Um, Daniel day Kim's character is talking about his origin, about chasing this character or this creature that only comes out at night. And in the flashback, they're fighting the creature in the daytime. Yeah. That, Oh, I, I just had to stop and go, really? <laughs> really bad storytelling. <laughs> really bad storytelling. So that was just, it, it's a minor quibble. There's also another one where uh, uh, Daniel, I forget his character's name, Daniel Akim and Alice are there and they're fighting and they tell Hellboy to go after the Blood Queen. And he tells Alice to get behind him. And, and then he goes, I'm out of ammo. And then they sing. They then so they're fighting hand to hand. They do a scene cut. They come back and he's shooting again. And I don't know where he got the ammo. <laughs> well, oh, and, one, one thing I did like. I loved Alice's ghost punch. That was yes. awesome. That, that was, was awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, but those are those. Uh, and again, those are minor quibbles. But it's just one of those things that made me stop and go, what? You know, you know, it, yeah, but, um, I, yeah, uh, but the biggest thing is, I, I just think, uh, there, there, again, it was just, there were things that just happened to happen. And I, mm-hmm. I wish the story had been a little tighter. Um, yeah. but, you know, like I said, I had fun with what I had. Yeah. Uh, any, any others, Mike, that, uh, you want to point out? No, you guys said most of them. And I'm truthfully going to say, I, didn't really like the chemistry between Hellboy and his father in this all that much. I liked it better in in the first movie. I thought they had a better chemistry. This one, you know, Ian McShane is awesome and no matter what he does, but I just didn't feel the chemistry between the two of them. And, you know, it's just like, Oh, hi dad, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, yeah, it's there. And it was yeah. just, it was just, I didn't feel chemistry between any of the characters, truthfully. Hmm. I thought, I, I don't know if I would go that far. I, I, I thought there was chemistry between Harbor and McShane. Um, I certainly felt it when, you know, uh, when, uh, uh, is it Brutton Holm? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when, when he dies, you know, I thought that was done. Um, I think for me, um, the other thing that I want to point out that I didn't care for was, uh the i want to say the like the unnecessary effects like they spent a lot of money on this movie on effects and i think okay. some of them just look awful <laughs> like the scenes where she's channeling the the dead people i just thought looked disgusting and awful like i didn't think it looked i didn't think it looked creepy i didn't think it looked uh like like really like visually cool or interesting i just thought it was like that looks just gross um <laughs> And, uh, and then also, you know, the end of the world stuff where all of a sudden for no apparent reason, you have these demons that we don't know anything about all of a sudden just start attacking people in London and doing damage and, and gra- like very graphically. So like, I don't mind graphically stuff, graphic violence. I don't mind R rated movies, 
But that was like that whole sequence, like for five, 10 minutes was so unnecessary. And I was like, that doesn't, I, yeah, I just didn't care for, I thought that was just kind of really, really stupid. And to be honest. Until you said that, I had forgotten that. Yes. I remember after we saw it, I was like going like when they're like, yes, this like CGing the dust when they're, uh, filing down his horns, the CD, the CG dust there, or the CG drool whenever he passed out. Yeah, those things bugged me a little too. I'd forgotten about them until you said it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, you know, they, they, they could have spent a little bit more time on story, a little bit less money on unnecessary CG. I thought mm. that didn't really add to it. Um, uh, so, um, so, all right, so I guess... Um, you know, we're left with a movie that I think all of us agree is got some good points, got some bad points. So I'm kind of curious where it kind of falls then. Um, I think we're ready to actually even go and do an overview and give it a rating. Unless there's anybody, unless there's anything else out there about this movie that you want to specifically talk about. I, I, is there anything we missed? I would just like to mention, we, we mentioned Lobster Johnson. I did, I did geek out over that. Um, I yep. did think, it was. I would have never cast Thomas Hayden Church, but now having seen Thomas Hayden Church as Lobster Johnson, it perfect. is perfect casting. Yeah, better than Sandman. No, I... <laughs> 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 yes, Brett. That is yes. I I almost I, I had blocked out that. I was like, oh, oh what are you I trust oh, me. I did. I right. did not forget about that at all. Honestly, I was like. <laughs> They should have, he should have paid them money to be in that. That was horrible. And that actually is one of my favorite bad guys, not to go off on a tangent, but I, I will agree with you. Yes, I think Lobster was great for him and he should have never done Sandman. That was, I was like a, <laughs> a horrible movie faux pas. I, I wished it didn't live in infamy on Blu-ray and DVD, but sadly, uh, you know, it's still there. <laughs> There's for some us. things you can't delete. Right. You know, the truth is on the internet, right? It's, it's real. And he's, <laughs> and I remember when he was promoting that movie too, like he made it sound like it was just going to be like the best thing ever. And I was like, really, this is horrible. Like, no, this should be something that they show in Guantanamo Bay to torture people. That's how I felt about it. It was horrible, but he redeemed himself. So I digress. <laughs> So, um, all right. So, yeah, let's, um, I guess, go around and, and rank uh, one out of five stars. Um, would you see a sequel? Um, we'll start with you, Brett. How, how do you feel overall about it? Well, I started this interview with two and a half, but I'll give it three and a half, four. You know, you okay. guys brought some, some valid points and kind of helped me, you know, therapy session, work through some of it. So, <laughs> It, it wasn't, you know, wasn't horrible. I don't know that I would, you know, go see it again. But as far as like the intro to, you know, spring and summer popcorn films, it was a good, you know, I, I sell wine for a living and we do things to cleanse the palate. And it definitely cleansed the palate from, you know, the barrage of DC movies that we've gotten and the Marvel barrage that we're going to get here in the next month or so. So, <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome, um, Bobby. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a three. I, you know, it, it's kind of like a middle of the road. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's it, it will I, it won't make one of my top ten of all time movies. It will 
but it, it was an enjoyable movie and I'm not ruling out that one day when it hits the cable market or whatever, and I'm, I see it on, I, I would probably watch part of it again. Yeah. Yeah. If it was on, you know, TBS. Yeah. So sure. Mike, what about you? You know, if it was on TBS, I'd probably be going, Hmm. I wonder if the originals are on TBS somewhere <laughs> on, on demand. So that's, you got my, you got my joke there. So there you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> exactly. But of course, of course I'm going to be with Bobby and I'm going to give it a solid three. Uh, you know, it's not something that would make me stop and watch it again if it was going past the channels. But if there was nothing better on, I would watch it again. Is it worth, if it's a worthy about a sequel? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the intro of Ape Sapien at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, made me very curious. And then, you know, what they did in the after credit scenes also. We're like, oh, okay, now why wasn't this done earlier? You know, type thing. <laughs> well, come on, man. They introduced enough characters as it was. <laughs> True, but, you know, it, but I definitely thought, you know, it was worth it that way. And, but do I, you know, do I recommend it? Yeah, just don't pay full price. No, like take yeah. a dollar summer movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like where if you're streaming it, it's not a bad, you know, night, I guess. But um, I'm going to uh, give it a three and a half. Uh, I'm going to say it's slightly above average, I think, because I was really expecting something uh, really bad uh, going in. And I was glad that it surprised me, I think. Uh, I think all the actors are really solid. Um, unfortunately, not all of them have really good characters to play. But I think that all of the I don't there's I don't think there's a problem with any of the actors in this. Uh, I think that the direction is, is is lacking, the story is lacking. But overall, it, there's a lot of a lot of fun moments. And even though it's a mishmash of a lot of different comic stories, if you're a fan of the comics like I am you are seeing a lot of things you're like, Oh wow. I've never seen Like I didn't think I'd ever see that on the screen. So you are getting introduced and seeing a lot of things that from the comics that I kind of geeked out. about. So I thought that that was, uh, so I'll give it the half point more, uh, just because of that. But, uh, yes, overall, um, three and a half. So, so very cool. Well, thanks guys for hanging out and reviewing the new Hellboy movie. And, uh, Yeah, we will be right back with the ESO Network Con. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Doom Patrol TV series. So if anyone's listened to this segment over the years, you know I'm a huge DC TV show fan. Many of my earliest episodes were me talking about Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl. Well, DC started their own streaming service where they're making original live action and animated shows, and it's called DC Universe Streaming Service. I know, not too original. Well, one of the shows they have is Doom Patrol. Now, I was intrigued when I heard they were making a Doom Patrol TV series, Live action, not animated. I was even more interested when I heard that Timothy Dalton, Brendan Fraser, and Alan Tudyk, I always mess up his name, 
we're all starring in it. So this show airs on Fridays on DC Universe, so I'm splitting my review up into episodes of four since it hasn't all aired yet. And this first one, I will be talking about the pilot, the second episode, Donkey Patrol, the third episode, Puppet Patrol, and the fourth episode, Cult Patrol. Now, the pilot was weirdly paced. They were bringing in all the characters, and the flow of the episode was just weird to me, but it worked because they were jumping from time to time and introducing how each character met the chief and how some of them got their powers. They left that for some of them, they left it a little open for other episodes, but it worked really, really well since this isn't your average DC show because it's not your average DC team. They're kind of the underdogs. So I guess they wanted to try and do it a little bit differently. Now in donkey patrol, we see the team trying to find the chief after he's kidnapped by Mr. Nobody in the pilot. And then Cyborg joins the team and is going to be there to help them find the chief. We learn a bit about Mr. Nobody's backstory as well as the chief's backstory. We also see the really odd donkey who farts and is a portal to a different dimension. In Puppet Patrol, we see the team head to Paraguay to discover more clues to help them find the chief. And we get to see Crazy Jane, Robot Man, and Negative Man delve into how Mr. Nobody got his powers from a Nazi scientist. We also see Elastigirl's internal struggle over how she is not a superhero, and she's kind of wallowing in her own self-pity because she just has not come to terms about her powers. And we also get to see Cyborg kind of be super high and mighty and be a jerk to her as well. Like, I like Cyborg in this series, but there are times you just want to punch him because he's got that, like head of the football team attitude. Well, in Cult Patrol, we are introduced to Willoughby, who is an old friend of the chief and is a sorcerer. He's there to stop the coming of a cult who want to bring on the apocalypse to end the world. Sadly, the team fails in helping him and the apocalypse is brought on. This episode also shows a lot of growth in Rita, Elastigirl's character where she decides that she wants to help the young boy who is going to be sacrificed in order to end the world, and she wants to save him. And that shows so much for her character, because for the first three episodes, she's just wallowing in self-pity. But she has decided she wants to help this boy, and that shows so much. I can't wait to see what they do with her character. So this series has some amazing visuals. The characters are really, really well written, and they have a lot of depth, and I really, really enjoyed this season so far, and I cannot wait to talk about and see the rest of it as it comes out. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Welcome back for the week of April 17th, 2019. It's the ESO Network Con Report. Well, the event that's coming up that you can find a lot of ESO Network folks is at is going to be May 3rd through the 5th. It is Hulanta. The last Hulanta? Who knows? But... 
may be the last one, so you don't want to miss this one. And it's going to be uh, a great time. Uh, we've got um, a lot of great guests announced. And, uh, of course, Mike and I will be there representing not only Earth Station 1, but Earth Station Who, certainly. I believe Mike will be recording a uh, Earth Station Who episode there live, right? Of course, you know, we definitely have that scheduled for Sunday at 11 a.m. So we are good to go. And awesome. So it should be a lot of fun. And then we're going to be doing an Earth Station One, or they're putting it, Earth Station Other Worlds sing along of your favorite TV show themes. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to be participating in other panels as well. I know I'll be on a comics panel with uh, Kelly Yates on on Saturday, which just happens to be Free Comic Day as well. So that's cool. Um, and we also know that the Watchathon of Rassilon folks, uh, Joe and Tony, will be there, and they will be recording a live episode of their show too, in which they will be uh, re- they actually are reviewing a classic second Doctor story, which has recently got a um uh um an animated sort of re- restoration mm-hmm. which is the um what is that one called the androids no what is that one called something attack. of magra right yeah attack of the magra yes so uh so that's going to be fun uh so yeah they'll be recording we're still waiting to um hear about some other folks confirmation from other do we know if there's anybody else confirmed from, oh, yeah. from the network going to be there? Oh, of course. Dr. Scott and Debbie Vigay will be there. And I also found out the transmissions from Atlantis or Gallifrey or whatever they're doing this week are going to be there too. <laughs> awesome. And so, yeah, we definitely have a few ESO network people up there. And we have a uh, rumor going up. A uh, friend of the show, Kirby, is going to be there. And Mar- right, Mar- right. Mark Maddox is going to be there. Artist. The award-winning author. You are, yeah, exactly. So it should be very fun. And I would not even be surprised if at some point that weekend, the award-winning author that's on this podcast, Bobby Nash, will be appearing. Oh, you never know. Bobby might pop up his head, you know, going, hey, anyone want some books? <laughs> exactly. So it is a very favorite convention of a lot of the a lot of us here on the ESO network. So we are very excited to be uh, attending as much as possible. It's going to be a fun time. So we hope you guys can make it. Uh, again, it is May third through the fifth. It's going to come up real soon, actually. And uh, of course, it's in Atlanta. And if you want to find out more information, just go to wholanta.com. And uh, that's it. That's the only thing that we've got on the immediate schedule. Uh, so if you've got a convention that you want us to help promote or you want us to help participate in, please reach out to us because we love talking about conventions. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for joining us. Brett, you made it through your first episode of Earth Station One. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you for being gentle this time. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, next time you get to be introduced to the geek seat. That's all I need to say. Oh, boy. I'm nervous. (laughs) Bobby's never escaped, and he's been here for, what, going on almost seven years now? There are some scars that never heal. Yeah, Gerald keeps asking me... When are you going to come on again? I'm like, I don't know, man. You you make me nervous with all your knowledge, so I'm going to have to be 
even a little bit more prepared than I was the last time talking about Iron Man. So that is awesome. Do you want to help promote your podcast or anything you want to shout out about, sir? Yeah, yeah. So I have a podcast. I do episodes at least once or twice a week. The Open My Podcast, and I talk to celebrities and entrepreneurs, pop culture folks of the like. I've had all kinds of folks on and. Typically, I like to bring them on and, if possible, you know, talk about things that they don't normally talk about and just learn more about them as a person and find out what makes them tick. Yeah, it's a fun show. I've been doing it, like I said, for a little over a year, and uh, I've had over 140 episodes, and you can check it out at theopenmicpodcast.net. That is awesome, sir. And Bobby, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. As always, it's wonderful to be out of the airlock. Well, I'm, look, I'm looking at my watch. It's almost time for you to go back. <laughs> yes, I can. I can. Already, I can already hear the hear it cycling open, ready for me to return to my cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, JD's messaging, hey, saying, "Hey, where's Bobby? He, I need my back rub." You know, that's right. I can only go for an hour at a time. So, anything you want to promote, sir? Um, just um, you know, you can uh, go to my website, bobbynash.com. We went yeah, and follow new stuff there. We are still putting out the snow audio books. I remember Stuart and I were on a, I guess about a month ago. Uh, the, yep. third, the third audio book is now out with the fourth one scheduled for next month. And um, I will be doing free comic book day in Lawrenceville, Georgia at Galactic Quest. Um, if you're in the, the North Georgia or Atlanta area, please come out and see us. That is awesome. Yep. Uh, Free Comic Book Day is always a big event around, you know, most comic shops. And, you know, getting to see Bobby Nash at a comic shop is always a true plus. He's in his prime. uh, Yes. Oh, and there's going to be several guests there, including several friends of the show. Uh, I know Sean Taylor and uh, John Pence and Robert uh, Jeffrey and others. So it should be a a fun day. And Kyle does a great job. He does Mm -hmm. a really, really good job. Awesome, sir. And Mr. Mike, you made it through another one, sir. As always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Well, I have to give a shout out to, uh, you know, what was it, last week, a couple weeks ago, uh, we, on our rants and raves, we opened the show and talked a little bit about our anticipation uh, uh, for WrestleMania 35 and what we hoped would happen, and, and we were excited about that. Well, uh, we are, <laughs> WrestleMania has come and gone, and you can hear us talk about uh, all the things that we liked and some of the things we didn't like uh, over on the uh, other side of the station here with the PWR Spot Show. Uh, they have released their WrestleMania 35 review discussion uh, where Mike and I were joined. Uh, we, we joined uh, the three guys over there, Richard, John, and Jerry, and had a lot of fun doing so. So It's okay, Mike. You could say they joined us. It's all right. You know. <laughs> they, 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 please, don't, please don't join me. Um, and, uh, and then, um, yeah, so that was, that was a good time. So if folks want to hear what our thoughts were about WrestleMania, uh, tune in to that show because it is available now. Excellent, sir. Excellent, excellent. Yes, it was a lot of fun joining with them. I want to give a quick shout out, of course, to uh, friends of the station, uh, Mark Maddox and his lovely partner, Linda, and also co-host of the ESW podcast, Mary Ogle and her sister, Barbara. Uh, Judy and I drove down to 
Tallahassee for the weekend and they showed us an amazing time, showed us around town a little bit, uh, went out to dinner with everybody and it was kind of like a mini ESO reunion. So it was actually a lot of fun. We did a lot of geek talk during the whole time and it was kind of funny because this people in the table next to us were talking about Star, uh, Star, the new Star Wars preview that just was announced this last week and shown up at Star Wars Celebration and it was just and so we started talking geeky stuff to, and the guy kept on like you could see that he was paying attention to what we were talking about and everything at the table so it was just like kind of cool I almost and I almost slipped him a business card you know with ESO on it so it was kind of cool so we had a great time Mark thank you thank you and you know definitely you know always great to go visit friends and that's what this whole thing is about meeting great people meeting wonderful people like we met brett just for this episode this is the first time we got to talk to yeah, him it was really awesome so it's just it's just neat to get a geek community and you know go to different towns and you know people there because of geekdom and it's pretty awesome join us yes. again speaking of geekdom next week this is the one people look forward to every year it is our summer movie preview that's right technically the summer movie season started a month and a half ago but you know we are you know gearing up for everything avengers endgame godzilla you know it's just there's tons of stuff coming this summer so next week we'll be joined by our movie crew and we are going to be talking all about it so please join us then until then, my name is Mike Faber. It is my honor to talk to you, and we'll see you next time here on the Air Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.